Hello and welcome to Collision Cast, Fender Bender's official podcast, helping collision repair shop owners make money, save money, and work smarter. Hello everyone, I'm Matt Hudson, the content director at Fender Bender. Today, Chris Maimoni is back to follow up on our previous episode in which he talked about an inspection checklist that goes through the repair process. Today's episode will focus on a final inspection checklist, which is maybe the most crucial part of the repair process because it gets everything ready for the customer before handing the keys back to them and the repairs are all done. Chris was generous enough to break down each step of this process in this episode, and he shared a copy of that final inspection checklist, which is available for you to download, uh, and you can find it on the podcast story page on FenderBender.com. In addition, you can check out more from Chris by searching his name, Chris Maimoni, on LinkedIn, or by heading to his website, ChrisMaimoni.com. For now, enjoy the interview. Welcome to this episode of Collision Cast. We are very happy to welcome back Chris Maimoni. He's uh, our process expert, uh, collision repair process expert. He's been going through a lot of topics with us on the podcast. Uh, you might be familiar with the previous episode we had on why inspection checklists matter. And Chris and uh, Steve Bauer went through, you know, a four-part quality control process so that, you know, throughout the repair your departments are speaking with each other. One department's checking off all their boxes and making sure things are prepared for the next group of folks getting into the vehicle repair. Um, and so today, I think we're going to shift gears, talk a little bit about the final inspection form, which uh, I don't know if you have an opinion on this, Chris, but maybe the most important part of the step, because it's kind of getting everything prepped before you return the vehicle to the customer now. Yes, sir. It, it is the the most important step before the customer sees the car. It's their last line of defense, um, just to make sure that everything that was done on the, whatever's on the work order was done on the vehicle, and to make sure the customer has a car that's uh, done you know, re- repaired properly, and um, you know the customer can leave happily and safe. Yeah, it's it's super important, not only just to uh, get the, the necessary repairs done that were on the estimate of record, but you and I were talking a bit before we started recording and that, you know, if anything really goes wrong with a vehicle after, you know, it's been in your collision repair shop, uh, the customer's going to turn back to your shop and say, what's going on? So it's it's really important that your, your folks check out a lot of parts of the vehicle, make sure everything's working well. Yes, sir. Uh, so let's jump into it. Um, you know, I guess maybe the first question I'll ask to kick it off for this inspection form is, you know, who is best in the process to, you know, undertake this or maybe take the lead on getting these items checked off? Well, Matt and ladies and gentlemen, it all depends on the uh, how, what teammate uh, you have in charge or the general manager decides to have in charge. It could be you have a quality uh, assurance team that's at your location. Uh, When we were at Marcus Collision Centers, we had designated uh, individuals that would only handle the final inspection process. Mm -hmm. Um, When I worked for Service King, they had the uh, in-process for the the technicians, the painters, it was an in-process QC. And then the final QC was done by either the general manager or the estimator. or uh, a lot of shops have production managers. So it all depends on how your your organization is uh, 
goes about doing their process. Um, but those those would be the individuals that would would do the uh, QC at the very end. It'd be the advisor, the general manager, or the production manager. But in, uh, by the time the car gets to the final inspection, um, every teammate that's touched it, from the painter to the technician uh, to even the buff department, they should have touched. They should have checked off their boxes and. In the final inspection, there should be very minimal items that uh, should be addressed at that point, if uh, everything had you know been checked off uh, through the method of repair. Yeah, yeah, and I think the the important thing to note, kind of at the top here, is just that you know shops need to formalize these processes. It can't be just uh, someone at the tail end of the repair process. You're saying, hey, you know, go through and make sure the car is ready to go. Uh, it has to be a, a thought-out formal process, and that's really at the heart of these forms that you've uh, worked up and that we'll be sharing here on the website for this inspection form. So um, maybe take me through this form a bit and highlight some of the uh, important parts and uh, kind of what that process might look like. Okay, so the uh, quality assurance, uh, the final inspection form that you see in front of you, ladies and gentlemen, that will be available to you. Uh, first, this uh, document was created by my dad, Marco Mimoni, uh, 30 years ago, and it was a very small list and it grew through time. Uh, he would add things as items or issues would pop up. Mm -hmm. and this form, there may be certain things on here that you feel do does not apply to uh, how you look at a car, how your organization does things. So you can omit things and you can you know, recreate it, but it's a good template to start with. If you look at the top of the document, uh, you see the, a group for one, two, three, and four. So the first group, you're inside the vehicle and you're checking all the components. You're making sure all the Everything's in, in the vehicle is there, uh, making sure the lights, no lights on the dash. You're basically everything that's in the cockpit of the car where the customer is going to look. That's the first section. And I will go more in depth as the, as the presentation goes forward. But after that, you get out of the car and you're checking um, the outside panels. And the third, you're checking the fluids. And then after that, the car is lifted in the air and the, uh, all the structural pieces are checked. So it's broken down systematically on how, um, and it touches everything that would possibly have an issue. And if you follow the, this format, I can guarantee you your, your customer retention will get higher because you'll have less comebacks or less returns. You'll have higher quality uh, numbers, which will help with uh, your insurance partners. Obviously, with your customer retention, customers will come back. They'll be happier. They'll, they will refer customers to you, and uh, you'll have it done once right the first time, and you'll have... Uh, everything will be just, you know, everything will fall in line. If you, if you do a quality insurance check on every car, doesn't matter if it's a bumper job. And that's something I will stress as we go forward, but every, every job has to be looked at. That's important. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and as you mentioned, we're not just uh, doing checks based on the specific repair that was done, which of course you have to check that work as well. But you know, we're looking at the whole vehicle inside and outside and making sure it's fully prepared for the customer um, and things like that. That one, two, three, four numbering system, I'm glad you brought up because I was, I was looking at that on the form there and wondering what those denote. So you'll see that uh, you listeners as well on the website as we have that posted. But um, talk about some of the parts of this process that are maybe most important or any that you'd like to highlight and, and kind of give some, some shop level advice on those. Okay. Uh, well, first I, I want to, um, in my previous podcast, I talked about in-process QC. Mm -hmm. and, uh, there is a document that's going to be on my website and uh, that, that website will be given at the end. It's uh, the corrosion protection awareness document. I strongly encourage uh, everyone to go onto my website and it'll be free. You can download it. Um, it'll help create awareness to your team. I would encourage you to also print it, uh, recreate it in Spanish. Uh, that way every teammate can understand it. You'll set a culture of quality. Um, there was a company that reached out to me called collisioncorequality.com. They have a mobile uh, app that you can use uh, instead of paper that you can do it on your phone or on a tablet. And it, 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 it works through in-process QC and final. Uh, I would encourage if, you're, if your organization wants to go that direction, uh, I would encourage you guys to look at their company. It's called collisioncorequality.com. Um, but in terms of... Uh, how to inspect the car. So the reason why we go through this, ladies and gentlemen, is because every car, no matter if it's a bumper job or a $20,000 repair, every vehicle needs to be looked at. You have to remember a lot of times customers, if it's a small job, customers are gonna be more critical because there's less things to look at hmm. and going to be more particular on the car. If it's a $60,000 repair and the car was a train wreck, if the car looks normal, they're going to be just happy. They're not, <laughs> they're not going to nitpick. Yeah, that. it makes sense. Yeah. So um, if you go down, if so if we go down the beginning of the list, uh, let me start from the beginning. So the basic items you may ask, you know, what items do you need, ladies and gentlemen, to QC a car? When I used to QC vehicles at Marco's and at Service King, I used an inspection mirror to look at the back side of panels. I would use the work order, the most updated work order available. And that's important when, when you're dealing with shops that are in, are in California, you have the Bureau of Automotive Repair and they will look at the most updated um, itemized record uh, to, to do their assessment. You will need an inspection lift or a creeper, depending on how your, your shop is configured, uh, to look at the underside of the vehicle. You're gonna need an inspection scope to look uh, at structural repairs, look for cavity wax that was applied or the backside of panels, uh, a gap gauge. The reason why that's important is customers use their eyes 
and, and in terms of they'll look at the opposite side of the repair and uh, versus the repair side and they'll mm-hmm. compare. And it, you'll have it where customers are feelers and their eyes and their, their hands will tell their eyes that something's wrong and they'll go the opposite side of the car. So it's important to use a gap gauge on a lot of different things uh, that you may have a question on. For the for um, a lot of times when you're going down the work order or an, a technician, they may not look at the work order. And let's say the advisor writes down uh, polish mirror cover or paint mirror cover. And the technician says, oh, I can polish it out. And he does, but he does not tell the, um, the advisor. Now you have uh, where you got paid to, pay, paid to paint the uh, mirror cover, but you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And in California, uh, the bureau can use a mill gauge to check, check the paint thickness. So if you got paid to paint that mirror, they'll check it and they'll check the thickness and therefore you'll have a bureau violation for uh, work build not performed. So it's important to have these tools. They're basic tools you can get at any kind of uh, store and that will get you going uh, to inspect the vehicle. Those are the basic tools that I use when I inspected cars. Yeah, appreciate you going over that. Okay, so if you go down the list, the first thing I always did when inspecting a car, I got in the car. I didn't look at the work order yet. I would get in the car, check all the electrical. And it doesn't matter if, if let's say I'm inspecting a bumper job. So that's the most basic repair. There technically should not be any electrical that's been tampered with. But let's say, for example, that the battery happened to die while the car's in the dome light was on. And you mm-hmm. did. The technician jumps the car. Now the clock is not uh, calibrated correctly. The windows aren't calibrated. So if you didn't QC that car, now the customer has those issues and she can't, he or she cannot roll their window up. It goes up and it comes down. It, this is why we check all the electrical. You have to assume something might happen even on a bumper job, okay? So you check all the, all the lights, you make sure all the electrical, technically all the electrical can be done in about a minute. All the windows, everything, make sure there's no lights on the dash. Uh, one thing I, I recommend and I strongly encourage uh, a lot of uh, shops that I have been, have been to, they'll say, well, that tire light was on. Um, I strongly recommend you get rid of the tire light mm-hmm. because you got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, customers a lot of times don't remember if that tire light was on. It could, it could easily be just the spare tires has no air because sure. it has a sensor on it. So, you that this is bonus points for you, ladies and gentlemen. If you guys get rid of the dome lights, take a picture of the light was on the dash, and say, "Mrs. Customer, um, I just want to let you know you had your tire light was on. Your your spare tire 
had 10 pounds of air and it should have 65 or 85 pounds, I filled it up for you. Now, when if you, God forbid, if you have a problem, you have a spare tire that has full air. You got a higher CSI now. You yeah. know, it's these simple things that matter. So um, if you notice at the top, test drive is number one. I would recommend it be at the end. But on this list, it's number one. So you go through all the electrical. Once you get outside the car, you then are going to grab the work order. And you're going to go through the work order line by line. And the reason why we do that, example, the mirror cover. You, the mirror cover says paint. And we didn't paint it. We polished it. Therefore, you caught it before the final paperwork is completed. You... Um, you check everything from the jams to the, the, the polish work. You're making sure that uh, everything is lined up. Um, one thing I really recommend is if let's say you painted a quarter panel um, and then you have the tape line from the polish work. A lot of times shops don't uh, get rid of the residue. Hmm. Um, then you have the tape line residue. Yeah. And what happens then is when the car is reinspected, that is a tell that the car has been touched. So I encourage you to get rid of the tape line. You want to, you always want to have the mindset that A, you're the last ones to touch the car. B, you want to make sure that no one can tell the car has ever been worked on. That's the, that's the key. No matter what happens, because if the car gets reinspected, it goes to another body shop because they, you know, the customer took it there. They can't find anything. That's, mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you're, you, since you're the last ones that touched it, everything is perfect. Okay. So you check everything line by line on the estimate. As you're going down, you're checking it off. If you have a question, circle it. And then you, you revert back to the, the uh, technician or the painter and you will make saves if you do it down, do it this way. And then you uh, will open the hood, check all the fluid levels. Th this is important. And a lot of shops will tell me, okay, well, we, we, you know, why, why do that? That's important because what if the, the washer fluid light is on? These are things that you can add to your CSI, you know, presentation to, to increase that, that customer retention. I, I filled up your fluid levels. You were low. If you guys did a radiator condenser replacement, you have to test drive the vehicle to get the to get the car hot when you put the air conditioning on, the fluids go down. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so what happens then, ladies and gentlemen, as we all know, the fluid level drops because all the fluids are going through the system. And then the coolant at that point is dropped down from full to, to let's say mid-level. It's at that one little area where maybe the, the check engine light will go on. I had it many times in my career at Marco's at the beginning where I wouldn't, I only went, I always test drove the car around the block, but I would have cars come back 
for check engine lights. And then I learned from Marco that you have to drive the car longer to get the car hot. And I noticed that the fluid levels would drop. And at that point I would top it off and I never ever had another check engine light problem. From the team that brings you Fender Bender comes the Fender Bender Management Conference, a unique opportunity to learn directly from top performers in the collision repair industry, bringing Fender Bender Magazine to life. Held September 26th through 28th in Arlington, Texas, FBMC will feature leading voices like Mike Anderson, Daryl Amberson, and Louis Sharp discussing how shop owners like you are able to find guaranteed solutions to achieve your goals and sustain future success. Register for the Fenderbender Management Conference today. Use code PODCAST at FenderbenderConference.com for a discount to this year's event. And, you know, those courtesy items are just so important because even if uh, many customers may not remember that their fluids were low or their light was on, but if they do remember and they see that that's been taken care of, boy, that's just a great memory of the experience they had at your shop. Yes, sir. And I agree 100%. And um, so if we go down to the suspension topic that that is very important because if we did suspension work and you're underneath the car and they tighten the bolts for one you don't know if let's say you have 25 30 bolts that you need to check they may not tighten all of them so one thing we did at marcos collision centers is we put tape around, uh, excuse me, uh, we brush touched uh, paint on the bolts. You may ask me, uh, well, why'd you do that? The reason we did it is for two reasons. And, and the first reason is important, but the second one is, is why we did it mainly. So the first reason is you can keep track of which bolts you tightened. So you don't accidentally miss one. But the main reason why we did it is because when you put uh, paint there and let's say the car has, it comes back for something, a noise, and then you lift the car in the air and you notice the paint had been, uh, the, the bolt had been tampered with. And that means someone else had messed with that bolt. So that is a way you can make sure that you know, identify you were the last ones that touched it. When the car comes back, someone else had tampered with that bolt. So it's just another safety net for you if you do that process. Definitely. Okay. Um, the last section is test driving the car. And I strongly recommend you test drive every vehicle. Doesn't matter if it's a bumper job or a $20,000 repair, because every car is important for number one. Number two, customers, when they're driving to the shop, they may be hearing the fender liner clacking as they're driving to the shop. So their senses are a lot more uh, open at that point. Mm -hmm. Everything. So let's say it's a bumper job. You know, like I said, what can go wrong with the bumper job? Everyone, I said that myself. And I've had cars where I didn't test drive them. But, and then the customer takes it. They hear the tape on the tire because it was in polish. Mm. And then they hear the clicking noise. 
They come back and they're freaking out. We find out there's tape on the tire. We take it off. We assure the customer and everything's fine, but now they're now their expectation, their awareness is a lot higher. You made them worry. If we would have test drove the car, if I would have done it, if a shop would have done it, we would have caught that. If suspension work was done, I had one time at Marco's at the, um, the uh, mechanic says, I, I checked all the lug nuts on the car. I test drove the car like I always do. I got halfway around the block and I heard three lug nuts fall off the vehicle. So, you know, I'm, I'm giving you these real world examples because they can't happen. And so it's important to do this. I recommend checking the lug nuts on every car, even a bumper job, because let's say this, the technician had to take that tire off for whatever reason, and you're not aware of it. You always got to do extra safety nets because the technician or the painter are probably not going to tell you that they took the spare tire off. They're not going to tell you that they did certain things. So it's important to do that. Um, when you're checking for corrosion protection um, on the backside of panels or the structural, you know, use an inspection scope. A lot of times you can smell fresh corrosion protection. Um, if you're going down the estimate um, and you see three or four hours repair, I always found that if, if it was a, at that number, usually there's stuff on the backside of that panel. Uh, could be weld burns. It hmm. could be repair marks. So those are things that I recommend uh, maybe prior to the technician uh, bringing it to you for final inspection, you know, having them, you know, having someone look at it so you don't have to disassemble the fender liner or the, or the, the backside quarter panel liner. You take a picture of it, you can get pair, uh, paid for on the backside of repair marks, you know, get it, get it taken care of. So now it, you don't have an issue where uh, it's compromised with rust later down the road. So, you know, th those things are important and that goes with the cavity wax document I was referring to that again, you can get on my website. Um, th this, this inspection form, ladies and gentlemen, I can guarantee you it will um, increase your quality. It'll increase the, uh, uh, the overall culture of your organization. Um, I, I came from a culture of quality with Marcos and when, when I worked with Service King, I, I taught quality. Quality is everything. Mm -hmm. It will increase your KPI scores. It'll increase your customer retention. You know, one thing we always have to remember is happy customers might refer or might tell one or two people. Unhappy customers, as we know, will tell 10 people about their experience. And so we have to remember that. And the expectation of the customer is a lot higher once there's a problem. And a lot of times, unfortunately, we can't please them. But if we go down this list and you go down the work order line by line, 
you will have um, less things that are missed. You'll make saves. You'll, you'll make bonus points with the customer. Um, you know, all the, you know, you'll gain more, uh, higher CSI scores. Everything will, if you continue to do this every single repair, you'll build that culture. And, and I can guarantee you, you're, everything will fall into place. And, uh, and also too, you'll have less overtime. And that's a big one. I remember when um, I really stuck to this when I was younger, I, um, I, I tracked the overtime hours and I saved $30,000 in overtime money. Wow. Because of this. I really tried to, to, to hone in on that because we were spending so much money on uh, overtime to redo things because we wanted to make it perfect. But when I was 16, I really, my dad coached me and said, this is the way you got to do it. And I saved that much money. And I realized if you do it once right the first time, you're going to have just so many things fall in place. Mm -hmm. But um, this is what I would recommend, ladies and gentlemen. And, and the inspection form, like I said, is a template. There may be certain things that may not, uh, you feel may not apply to you. But I can guarantee you a lot of it will. If you find something that you're getting burned on a lot, add it to the list. You know, my dad, again, had a rule. If it happened once, it went on the list. And I would recommend the same thing to you guys. Don't let it happen twice or three times to put it on the list. Because if it happened once, it probably it's happening more without you being aware of it. Um, so that I think that pretty much sums up um, what I would like to, uh, show you, um, if you have any further questions, you know, you can reach uh, me on my website and, you know, that information will be given at a later point. Um, but I hope this helps everyone, uh, you know, to create a quality organization mindset even more, uh, for your teammates to understand the importance of quality, along with the in-process QA form that you got on the last podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. And the, uh, the next uh, podcast uh, that we'll be doing, hopefully, is uh, how to do a, a final delivery of a vehicle. And that'll be the icing on the cake. I love it. Yeah, that'll, that'll really round out a, a very complete uh, process-driven set of podcast episodes. But I think you summarized this uh, inspection form list well. It, it's, a, it's one page, it's a template, but it just encompasses so much about you know, what you want to do in the repair process and the customer service process is it's, it's checking the work you've done on your work order. Um, it's also you know, checking those additional things that we talked about, fluid levels, um, some of the customer service aspects. And then it's also kind of checking for, uh, I guess for lack of a better phrase, dumb little headaches that might come back to bite you later. Like you mentioned the tape on the tire or something like that. So all of that is encompassed in this inspection form. So that's uh, what makes it a real effective tool. Yes, sir. Uh, but, you know, uh, there'll be some opportunities for folks to get in contact with you, Chris, if they need, and we'll share that information. But uh, also uh, it sounds from when we were talking before, like there'll be a chance to, um, Hear you live and, and listen to some of the advice you have live at a uh, SEMA this fall. Is that uh, is that correct? 
Yes, sir. I'll be speaking at SEMA um, at the uh, beginning of November. And uh, the topics I'll be covering are all the podcasts that I went over and um, my medical journey uh, that I spoke to about in the very, very first podcast about, you know, what I've dealt with medically. Mm -hmm. Uh, visit my website and, uh, you know, please feel free to get in contact with me. I, I will answer any questions, let any assistance uh, that I can to better your organization or answer any questions. Yeah, Chris, thank you so much again for, uh, you know, explaining this tool, sharing these documents as you have with us. And uh, um, definitely looking forward to seeing you at SEMA uh, this fall and speaking with you for this podcast in the meantime. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me on.